welcome back to another exciting episode of the Iconist Podcast. Today, as usual, well, you know what it is. It's me, Barry 3D, Deep Dark Delicious. Hey! On my side, as always, I got the man, the myth, the legend, the one that's got you dancing all night long. My cousin. Rod C. Good day, good afternoon, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you may be. Hope you're somewhere. Okay, cool. Listen, we have a wonderful show for you today. As you can see... This is, you know, musical chairs. We have two squares normally. Now we have a third square. But I'm not going to say who it is. Not after these commercial breaks. All right. Let's go. So this time, I'm really going to run through it really quick, right? Because we want to get right down to the show. So first, you got to support the books. So you got to check out Wild Comics out in Kitchener. Tell Wes and the guys we said hi. If you're in Montreal, check out Chuck Swings. You got to go and tell Trevor and the rest of the guys we said hi. So side note, you got to go and check out the Hero's Tale out in Cambridge. Tell True, and the guys we said hi from the Iconis podcast. Also, another friend of the show is Miss Brandy Ford. You find the links down below. She's on 4680Q.com. You can't go wrong there. You want to see my stuff? Barry3D.com. That's my website. Find where I'm going to be doing comedy next. Come out and support. And always, my comedy troupe that I'm a part of, Touch of Grey Matter, which is myself, Dave Sokolowski, and Sof Ali. And on that note, before we introduce our guest, we have one person we still got to introduce, the one that makes us look so pretty. So if you want to have a podcast, one, you can use Podbean. We're on Podbean. You can find us on there. And you're going to need a graphic artist. And who's a graphic artist, sir? Let us know, Rod. They heard digital art. Mr. Jason Reese. If you need anything done, you reach out to him anywhere from around the world. He will hook you up. And if you mention the Iconist podcast, he will give you a discount. All right, that's the fastest I've ever got through this because <laughs> we have a guest today that I met today. online, and this is like we reconnected. We, 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 down below, the man that we got today from a Facebook page that he runs, which is totally awesome up our alley. I will let him talk about that. Is the one and only Larry. Oh my gosh. And I'm both. To... I messed up the last name. I know in my head. Larry, sorry, you can. Sorry about that, Larry. You. Introduce yourself, Larry, to the people. Fair. Hi, guys. I'm Larry Reclosato. Um, I run the Facebook Forgotten, Obscure, and Underrated Comic Characters page. Um, we try to bring out characters that you know but haven't seen in a while. Characters that may, you know, not be that well-known to people. And characters that, well are so far back in history of comics, one, two, three appearances, and never seen again. And you learn about them. Yes. It's so true. Um, I'm on that Facebook group and uh, that Facebook page, and it's amazing. Like Some of the people we've talked about already on our show, and then there's others that just blow my mind, and I'm like, oh, i got to add these all to the list. It just keeps growing every single day. Um, so before we jump into our subject, who we're talking about, in my manners, I'm just so excited. I'm all over the place. Rod, where can they find you online? I'm going to say it after, but we'll get to it right now, ladies and gentlemen. As I always say, you can find me on the World Wide Web. Real quickly, you can find me on Instagram and Mr. Rod C. From there, you'll find me every place else. Okay, let's go. Back. Bam. There you go. Boom. So, Larry, since you're the man of the hour today, we are going to let you introduce tonight's guest topic on the Iconist podcast. The icon is... Dark Hawk. Dark Hawk. Yes, by Marvel Comics. Yep. So, Larry, before we get into the history, why why Darkhawk? What is Dark? Why 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 did you select Darkhawk? Um. Well, 
I was thinking about all these characters that Marvel's done, and even DC in some phases, that are kind of parallel to Spider-Man when they start. In the fact they're teenagers, they get their powers, and they got to deal with it. And then they go off, and this one goes into cosmic stuff. So you start out with a Spider-Man analog and get all the way to a Silver Surfer type. And then he disappears. I can't hear you. Oh, sorry. It's like, oh, why? He disappears. He's gone. You know, I'm my microphone up a little bit louder. So he just he just goes. He, we, we lose him. Yeah. Right? So the basics of it is Dark Hawk made his first appearance in March of 1991. That's when he made his first appearance through Marvel Comics. And he was created by Tom DeFalco, who was the writer, and Mike Manley, who was the artist. Now, if I remember correctly, this his series ran for like 51 issues, had three annuals. And, and just like you're saying, very Spider-Man-ish. Teenager gets powers, boom, and goes. And I read some of the earlier issues, and I'm like, going back at it, the pacing was a little bit static at times. Yeah. Right? But interesting character. Like, I like the concept, what they did. And as I said, you said they started from Earth, and then he went cosmic. So let's break down his beginnings. Like, his first thing, you open up and you start reading, they establish his family. Yes. Like right away. You know, um, even before we even see who Darkhawk will be, he he's not even in the, he's not even on page one or two. No, his dad's a cop and you're following that. Yeah. Yeah. The following is dad being a cop, mom's a lawyer, he gets threatened by the mob, you know, and then they go home to have a family dinner. Yeah. And we get introduced by him. And his two twin brothers. So, um, you know, he's got his brothers, Jonathan and Jason, and they're always fighting. So the mom's in the house with like five, five men, right? Or yes, yes no, four men, four, four men. Four men, yeah. She's outnumbered as it is, but she handles it pretty calmly. I, I, I'd say, you know, the infighting, dishes breaking, having dinner. I, I get what they're trying to do. It reminded me a lot of Richard Ryder Nova. Yes, yes, very much. <laughs> You know, it was almost like copy paste for me. It's like, boom, boom. Okay, here we go. Um, And and that's his story. Yeah. Again, teenager gets powers and you got to, and you got to deal with this teenager with powers and his, his problems. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I like that about Marvel. Marvel always try to give it more of a, a realistic take on it. You try to use like what teenagers would go through. And that part is always timeless. They're always going to have problems with homework, dating, parents don't understand. And, and this is all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and yeah. that never gets tired because it's it's true. No matter if you were born in the '60s, you're born, you're not even born yet. You're going to go through those trials as you get older. Yeah, it's the first prince. Uh, you know, parents just don't understand rap. <laughs> Absolutely. So he he starts off with that journey. So when we see him, you know, it's. it's his mom comes home. She's all frazzled because she just got, you know, threatened by the mob. She turns mm-hmm. down the money because she's not going to be bribed off the case. Then you get, he walks through the door. Where's your dad? Don't know where your dad is. Um, and, you know, dad finally walks through. He comes through the back door and it's like, all right, they have a dinner. You know, she says, hey, I've been threatened by the mob. Now, the father is a police officer and his first words are pretty much, we should leave this city. We should just move away. Mm-hmm. 
you, you, you were threatened. Your wife was threatened by the mob. You just say, we should just move. And, and your decision is like, pack up and go. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then goes about his business as normal. You know, uh, <laughs> even his little brother, like John, uh, Jason or Jonathan, one of the two of the twins says, hey, you know, most cops get killed on this type of beat. And everyone's like, shut up. You're not helping the situation. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like a kid to speak out of turn because they think they're smart, but they don't realize, you know, there's no filter. Just blah. Oh. Yeah. So yeah. as the story progresses, and this is like really issue one, as the story progresses, mom goes to work. Got to stay home and take care of the kids. The baby said his parents. Oh, his parents are out. Sorry, his parents are out. So mom's gone to work. Dad's walking right. his beat. He's home with his, his two twin brothers. They're both 11 because they established that in issue one. Mm-hmm. And then his I guess potential girlfriend. We're not even sure if it's a girlfriend. Like two girls show up, say, Hey, come and hang with us. It's like, yeah. well, I'm babysitting. Yeah, yeah. And Chris is like 16, 17 right now. Right. Yeah. Mm. And says, Oh, well, you know, um, you, you stayed home when you're 11 by yourself. They can watch themselves. He's like, Okay. But like usual, I'm going out for 15 minutes. Yeah. He ain't gone for 15 minutes. He's gone. No. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. And then the panel jumps. Like you literally turn the page and all you see in the next panel is his mom is now home. The twins are gone, and he's like, I'm sorry, Mom. I just stepped away. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think I did that to my sister. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah I, I couldn't do that with my brother because ooh, I would not be here. Yeah. <laughs> Why would be an lost? empty window? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be talking from the great beyond. And yeah. yeah, so that's what I found. It, was like, it wasn't no build-up, no nothing. You literally saw, no. okay, I'm going out. You turn the next page. Mom is home. The twins are gone. And she's worried that you got kidnapped by the mob. Yeah. You know? Of course, as a teenager, you can't see the forest for the trees. You're not going to think about that, even though your parents tell you that. He's like, right. I know they are. They wanted to go to this, which they established, go to this theme park before they tore it down. Right. He, he gets to the theme park. He finds, you know, an amusement park, I should say, amusement park. He gets there, he finds his, his brothers, and then he hears voices on the other side. And when they kind of look through the hole, he's like, oh, geez, it's bad. And he's with members of the mob. And it's like, here you, here you go, 50,000, all in 20s. You know what to do. That's uh, dirty? Yeah. Dad's a dirty cop. Dad's a dirty cop. Mm-hmm. And of course, now the kids get discovered. Dad tries to stop them from killing somebody. He doesn't know it's his kids behind the wall. He gets knocked unconscious, so he never sees it's his kids. And mm-hmm. then the mob is trying to kill these kids. And, you know, uh, yeah, what's the name of the main guy there? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Chris. Chris. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chris turns Chris. around and hides them, tries to fight off the mob at this amusement park. I guess he's in like a funhouse mirror place. And then he, he mm-hmm. grabs something to throw, look like a crystal. All of a sudden, yeah. boom. It puts him in the black costume, the helmet, almost like the Giver, like a Giver kind of scenario. You just grab it. Right. Yep. All of a sudden, you get a power suit. Fights off the two enforcers. Looks at his hand, goes, "Oh, geez, I can't let them see me like this." Finally, takes off Crystal, so his powers, you know, the suit goes away. Saves his brothers. Gets home. Hey, mom, we're all good. And yep. then his dad walks, and before he leaves, his dad realizes he's there, that it's him, and he's like, "Dad, say it isn't so." And all his dad says, I can't say anything. I can't, I can't lie to you. Sorry, Chris. I got to go. Take yeah. care of your brothers and your mom. And he leaves. Yeah. Dad just uh, splits. 
uh, I'm going to the corner store to get something. I'll be right back. <laughs> what just happened? Holy. Right? I, I get they want to put a lot in the issue, but it was really kind of, okay, threatened by the mob, <laughs> right? Don't leave home. Leaves home. Gets the, finds his brother. Right? Finds his two brothers. Finds what his dad's uh-huh. dirty cop. Confronts his dad. Now, the brothers don't hear this conversation. And dad doesn't even bring the kids back home. He just says, yeah, take care of your mom and the, and, and your brothers. I got to go. I can't yeah. face it. And he just walks out the amusement park. And, and it's only up. like the last three pages that you get the suit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the last three pages. But, but his dad didn't even stay. His dad's like, well, I'm a cop. You know I'm dirty. I got to go. It's a, didn't even. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a great hook to get you into this area. It is, but at the same time, you figure, like, at least have a conversation with your wife? Holla? <laughs> there's, there's phone calls? Like, like something. No, he just said, oh, manly man, I made a decision. I'm going. <laughs> oh, deuces. <laughs> yeah. So, Larry, what did you think of the first issue when you saw that? I mean, I, I, I get what they're trying to do, but at the same time, I was kind of giggling to myself saying, okay, that's kind of quick. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the 1980s, and I'm like, let me see. How, how is this? Uh, 91. 91. Yeah. So, it's 1991. So, you know, I'm in my mid-20s reading it. It's like, right. damn, damn, okay, you packed a lot in here. Um, dad, well, Dad's just a scumbag. <laughs> But I gotta know more. I wanna know where, what, what is that thing? How's he, how's this costume popping out of that thing? Or is it? What, what's the deal? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you got a 17 year old now having to take care of his family. And he knows that the mob is possibly going to be messing with his mom. Right. Exactly. How, how is a 17 year old supposed to deal with that? It's almost so like, I was like forcing the situation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, did you write? Did you write yourself into a corner here, or <laughs> just uh, what's what's going to happen here? <laughs> so I was pretty hooked. I mean, Tom Tom wrote a good story, and the artwork was like I really got into the artwork on mm-hmm. that one. Um, I'm one of those guys, so it's like okay. Some people read for the art. Some people read for the story. Yes. I read for the story, but if the artwork isn't any good, I can't deal with it. I agree. Um, but it also it also depends on what the artwork's for. Like mm-hmm. I don't like Ditko on most stuff, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Right. But when you put him on Doctor Strange, oh yeah, totally different thing. Yep. Or um, Leoloa. I can't. Leoloa did a, a um, did an X Men comic. Mm-hmm. It was a uh, supposed to be a fairy uh, fairy tale story. For Iliana. Yes, I remember that one. I couldn't stand it. (laughs) (laughs) But he does fables wonderfully. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I see what you're talking about. Yeah. Because, as I said, like for Darkhawk on the art, the way it was supposed to be. So it, you know, it's a crime drama. I mean, you got dirty cops, you got the mob in there. It's a kind of a a noir feel to it. And, And it fit. It absolutely fit from what I'm looking at and what I'm reading. I just thought it was like a little too quick with certain characters' decisions of, okay, you know I'm dirty, got to go. It's like, let me go home. Let me talk to your mom. I would expect something like that. Let me go home. Let me talk to your mom. The mob is going to be looking for me. 
I need to leave for X, Y, and Z reason. I'm not telling you for your own safety. Right. And just go. Right. Like, there's no contingency plan. There is no, you know, if you're with your, your wife, you're not going to just eat out one day and go, oh, geez, I got a flat tire. Can't go home. Keep on walking. And your wife's at home <laughs> sitting around at dinner going, oh, see. Yeah. Right? Like, you never yeah. just came. I thought that decision. I understand the decision. I just thought the way they they showed it was just a little. It could have been more meat on the bone, as we like to say. It should have been another two conversations. Like, quick. Yeah. yeah. 22, you can pages, see, 22 pages, yeah, well, I think, well, need 24. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. 100%. 100%. You can just see they're trying to lay out, putting in so much layers, they're trying to quickly put in these subplots in early to give you, like, we're all questioning, what kind of dealing did you have with the, the mob? You know, or sorry, yep. for the for the mother, for the lawyer, what have you done to get the mob to now say, oh, we want to talk to you? What did the husband do that he now has to be bribed? And we're just, they're laying in, that's great. But again, the transition was just too quick. And it just seemed like we were just trying to put that in. And again, the pull at the end, if I remember correctly, uh, we're now we got to talk about the villain that that's in there is Hobgoblin. So to me, it just felt like they were trying to put these bases and then have the, you know, I leave the interaction between Darkhawk and Hob and Hobby. And yeah, but at, but at least they held Hobgoblin off Tall Issue Two. Yeah, he he was only hinted at in Issue One, really. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because you only see him fully in issue two. He's on the cover. And then, you know, I think it was like issue, part of issue two and three, it brought in Spider-Man. Yep. Like right away. So, you know, three issues, you you get origin, you get motivation, you get Mm -hmm. villain, and then, you know, you got team up right away. And of course, there's a team up with Spider-Man. I'm thinking annual. Right. Okay. Okay. That's what I was thinking annual. Oh, you're thinking annual. Right. So you you get those... In three issues, it's almost like, okay, well, we're, as you put it, Larry, we're making him Spider-Man. He's in a Spider-Man lane. This is what he's going to be. If he was a mutant, you know, it would have been Wolverine. Yeah, right. You know, so I say I'm not because I, I I do like it. I just thought, like, as you put it, two more pages, the pacing would have been better. I'm all in. But a lot of pressure for a 17-year-old to take. It's like, okay, we're not killing his dad like Spider-Man, but his dad is gone. And that's going to be a catalyst of bring down the mob, get dad back. And once again, I don't know, you know, in the early issues, they never say what his dad was doing for the mob. He was just taking money and gone. You know, you know, the mom was, as a lawyer, was working on a case, was kind of going against their interest, and they don't want that to continue. So that means she probably had a strong case that she was going to win, and they wanted right. to just kind of stop her. So right. that's that's where it went. And I'm like, all right. So here's my question now. Does anyone know what Because I don't know. I, I'll be honest because I, I only read the beginning. And I can't remember mm-hmm. much after. What happens to the dad? What's the dad's story arc before we get back into our main hero? Does he come back? I don't remember. I don't think so. I don't remember. Honestly. Right. I, I, same way. That's what I'm saying. I just like, I, I think they probably started off, but they never trailed back into it. To give us any more, right. it could have later on, but that's yeah. definitely something. Yeah, you know, yeah. and how? I mean, for him to leave that fast is like, how good was your marriage? I mean, you you wanted. I got I got more context with with Dale from you know King of the Hill with him and his dad. 
right? Ouch. <laughs> Power of and, and that's, I, I, it, it sticks with me because I like the character. I don't mind what you were trying to do, but it's like, just needed two more pages. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's that. And, 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 but he does start off and he kind of hovers outside a certain bubble in the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dark Hawk, yeah. right? Yeah. But the thing, one of the things is in that first issue, though, you do get the feeling that Chris and his dad, Chris had a real respect for his dad because he's devastated when he sees him take that bribe. Right. Changed him, right? When he sees yeah. him take the bribe, he turns around and at one point he starts calling himself or refers to himself as the edge because his dad said, oh, they needed an edge to beat mm-hmm. crime, right? So he yeah. he's definitely like, you know, as a young boy, you look up to your dad and your dad is your hero. He's bigger than life. And that makes sense to me. So I can understand the impact it would have on him to see his dad do wrong, especially being in a role where he's supposed to be doing right. Yeah. You know, and I think it could have maybe used that a bit more. If any of our listeners or people watching have an idea what happened to his dad, write it in the comments. Let us know below because I'm I'm, I'm 100% curious. Mm-hmm. This, this, that story arc is so good. And it was ready to have a lot of emotional layers within the family, right? Like the mom has to deal with raising three boys, doing her job, keeping them safe, and then wondering what happened to her husband. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she's suddenly a single mom. <laughs> yeah, abandoned. Yeah, <laughs> um, right. And she's, dealing, yeah. and she's dealing with a high-profile criminal case, which. Pretty much means she has to work for the district attorney's this, office some way. And, and that's a good point because you're realizing, although both like both parents were very involved, their jobs take up a lot a lot of their time. Now, you know, they're probably like saying we barely see each other as you know in passing. You know, mm-hmm. husband does like a ten hour shift, she's doing working late night, whatever. So they're lucky if they see each other now. Like I said, she's a single mother. I'll be working late hour, boys. Just uh, don't burn down the house when you turn the uh, oven on. Just remember, put the pot <laughs> on. Leave it in there for about an hour. You'll be good. I left it from this morning. Love y'all. What? Now, now you got to transition to that great story arc to 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 dig into. But yeah, and it how was, I, it, it, it didn't do it. And, and as far as Chris, he's like, how am I going to take care of two eleven-year-old boys and be a superhero? It's great. But, but but not even two two boys. But two boys are always angry. He's always fighting. Yeah. So, so that's, that's more pressure. I got, I got to like, I got to be referee, judge, and jury. Kamam is not here. Oh, man. Go to your rooms. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't want to see him beds. as the authority figure. And then the other part of it is we're missing is he's 7, 16, 17. He's yeah. a teenager. He wants to hang with his friends. He wants to date. He, he, you know, it's like Peter Parker when he first got his powers. It was all about Gwen. How can I get Gwen and deal with that and then deal with Flash Thompson without knocking it? Like, I know it's Peter Parker. I have the strength to knock out Flash Thompson. Yeah. But I can't give up my identity that way. And then it's like, okay, I want to impress Gwen, but but she's going to see me always as the bookworm. How am I going to impress her? Him as Darkhawk, he wants to date. He a teenager. And he doesn't want to go out there and save the world, but he's got to step up because his dad asked him to because of the respect and the love he has for his dad he wants to honor that request 
play. So he's got like three things balancing from teenager, superhero, and father figure for his two younger brothers and trying to protect his mom at the same time. He's the new man in the house. Right. And in addition to this, is he has no clue where those powers are coming from, what this, am- this amulet what is. It is. He's still, it's still new to him. That's the same one. <laughs> A poor guy goes back to the amusement park to see that, you know, what happened, and all it is is rubble because they tore it down. He's just standing like, oh, well, I guess I'll get no answers now. And it's true. Who do you turn to? He, he's not, you know, I mean, New York has the most dense population of superheroes in the Marvel Universe. Yes. Right? They're all blocks from each other. Like the Avengers is like two blocks away from the Fantastic Four, the Hellfire Club, you know, Xavier's Mansion is maybe a 45 minute drive outside. They're uh, yeah. all there. Like it's dense. Mm-hmm. And then Hell's Kitchen, it's dense. Yeah. Who are you talk to? It's all Manhattan. Yeah. yeah. That's not, they're all not are. New York, Manhattan. Manhattan. That's right. You know, so it's even more condensed. I mean, Spidey at least was in Queens for a while. Right? <laughs> so, well, that's the whole thing. Is you got this new power, you don't even know fully what your powers are. So, in the beginning, he just figured out how to take it off. He knows it's mm-hmm. the amulet. He doesn't know if it's science-based, magic-based, right. where it came from. How do I what's his powers? It? Yeah. Read it, and what even what his powers are, he knows what the suit looks like because he sees a reflection. How strong is he? Is he bulletproof? Right. Does he breathe? Does he need to breathe? Uh, how fast can he run? And then he finds he's got wings under his shoulder. Can he fly? Is he a glider? Like yeah. we know as fans, when you read the book, but picture right. yourself in that role, going, "Okay, yeah. now uh, what?" Yeah, and he's got no time to do like the Shazam movie when they're yeah. practicing. <laughs> Right. right. Yeah, he's going in the thick of it. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he does not activate this amulet to start with. So it's mm-hmm. like, okay, uh, this thing is popping out when I need it, more or less. Right. As right. opposed exactly. to... <laughs> he's got... So I like the fact that he's. it's a learning journey, and when you read it, you learn with him as you go along. Nothing is established from the very beginning. You know, it's like Which is the same American thing they did hero. with Nova. Yeah. Yes, you oh. see, but Nova found out pretty quick some of his powers, not all of them, because some they only did like recently. Like he ne- he did his eye blast in the first issue, and he never did the eye blast again to like again. years later. Um, and we talked about it in our Nova uh, episode. The one thing that like, you know that was ah, that irked me about Nova was love the character, like the human rocket. I was all on it. On it. Yeah. He when he found out, not right away, but when he found out he had a spaceship. The size of three football fields that's in orbit. If I <laughs> yeah. was a 17 year old and had my own spaceship, yeah. my adventures would be totally different. Oh, I'm hell out. yes. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all out. <laughs> exactly. You're right. I, I wouldn't even think I'm moving out, mom and dad. Where are you living? You get an apartment in New York? Sure. Don't worry about it. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. You're a 17 year old boy with a spaceship. I'll be doing every Star Trek reference, every Star Wars reference, uh, you know, Spaceballs reference. I'd be doing them all. Okay? <laughs> yeah, I would be in there flying solo with my AI, and I'm like, we've gone flat. That's what I'm talking about. So I'm I, a 17 year old. I'm going to go find me a green girl. 
<laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Early Kirk. Early Kirk. We'll believe it. Early Kirk. I want to do a whole parody called Negro in Space. I mean, I'm doing it. Where they did that? From another planet. But Darkhawk doesn't know, and he has to go through his journey to figure this out. He doesn't have the time to figure it out. So it's really on the job training, the poor yeah. guy. And then what I mean, he's, in my opinion, he's outside the bubble. He's never officially on any team. Even at one point later on, he hangs with the New Warriors. He's not a member of the New Warriors because mm-hmm. they weren't an official team. Right. He's never with the Avengers. He's not with the Young Avengers. He oh. doesn't deal with the Fantastic Four. And even all your solo heroes who were like Spider-Man and Daredevil, uh, heroes for hire, he doesn't you see him in the background. Right? When these well, big even, cl- yeah. even later when he gets with the group of um, superheroes that are like not wanting to be superheroes anymore. And yes. they form a slight team. Yeah. For a while. That didn't... Because yeah. <laughs> he's in space for the few months of that. Exactly. Exactly. You know, so it, it, it almost shows me his personality that even though he is powerful, he does come to grips with a lot of things. Yeah. And still... If you look at it, he's kind of an outcast, even in the superhero community. It's not that they shun him. He right. just doesn't really seem to connect with anybody. Like he, He's there, but it's always a wall that's up. And that's how I interpret it. I'm not sure how you, you, you uh, Larry or Rod, how you think about that. Well, I look at him like, okay, before Spider-Man joined the Avengers, he was pretty much a loner. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Darkhawk. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, was, he, he just never really fit in. And part of that, I think, was the fact that he was always considering his family a lot more than the other characters. He, I mean, Spider-Man didn't have to worry about Aunt May all that much. No, right. He worried about her, but he didn't have kid. He didn't have. He didn't have other siblings, responsibilities. Yeah. yeah, no, no. He just had to worry about Aunt May a bit, make sure she was safe. She was an older lady; she'd take care of herself most of the time. <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah. 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 Um, well. Well, we was know an adult. Aunt May is, yeah, Aunt May is the strongest person in the Marvel Universe. Nothing kills off Aunt May, okay? Galactus <laughs> would come eat off the planet, and if there's like one dandelion, Aunt May's holding it in outer space in a spacesuit, and you're wondering how she got that. Like, she will never die. Because you're right. So he has, a, he has a lot of responsibility. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I swear, if they ever end the Marvel Universe, you're going to get a story where Aunt May secretly was a watcher with cosmic powers. And like, <laughs> Now it makes sense. <laughs> you two the watchers gonna oh. show up and say, "Are you finished recording, recorder?" And she's gonna, like, "I'm finished recording. Let's go on to the next universe." And they're gonna leave, and that's it. Marvel Universe, the end. Wow, wow. It'll be her that and Franklin Richards. Yes. Hundred <laughs> percent. Hilarious. Well, what do you think, Rod? So, what do you? Th- I, mean, I know I did a lot of talk. Oh. What, what's your your take on Dark Hawk and what we've said so far at this point? So. Darkhawk is, yeah, he's an interesting character. As I always say, you know, I like when we talk about very unique ones. He is a loner. You can see even when you go to, like, the second issue, and you see when he's fighting uh, Hobgoblin. For one, actually, backtrack. When he sees him, when he sees Spider-Man fighting um, Hobby, he's more, like, in admiration. Oh, my God. That's Spider-Man. Yeah. Spider-Man's fighting Hobgoblin. And then when later on, when now he's fighting, like, oh, my God, I'm fighting Hob. I'm winning. He he's so as a he's more he's not he's not thinking as a superhero. He is just basically this power kind of bestowed upon him. He has no clue what to do with it. 
but he realizes, well, I have this, and wow, there's an enemy outside, and I think, wow, I'm holding on my own. Oh crap! I'm 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 actually doing. I'm like I'm like Spider Man. I think I could do this. So to me, it's a nice dynamic in the sense where you have these have this individual who is new to the game for us as a, yes. as we're reading IP, but for him, you can clearly see. You said it earlier, Barry. We're going through the transitions with him. We're learning how it feels to be um, a, a new hero on the block and basically not having no mindset of like, I don't know what a hero does. I just actually, I still try to figure out my powers, but I actually have some type of strength and I can take a hit and I'm not too bad. Oh, he's going down. I'm doing good. And it's a learning curve. So I like that about, I like that about Darkhawk that you go through this whole process. And you said it perfectly earlier in regards to the responsibility that he has. This whole dynamic of laying up the layers earlier about his mom and his dad and having, you know, the siblings who are fighting. That's another That's another mm-hmm. layer that you realize, if you really think about it, early 90s, I don't know if there's any other character or how many other characters had that type of responsibility that Larry was saying, but realizing that's a real dynamic. That's a real, that's a real, real Earth 616 real world <laughs> dynamic. Right. Like, yeah, I have siblings, siblings who are just like, who are just annoying the helping out of me. I'm like 16, 17, and I want to go out and I got to separate. You, you, I don't hear yes. nothing. No, here <laughs> in that kind of scenario. So, so I, I I like it like you said earlier. Um, Tom did great in the writing and just kind of give that personal feel in it, and it was good. I like yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, because at that time there's a lot of characters that came out right there. Um, one of the other ones at that, that time was Sleepwalker. I couldn't get into Sleepwalker. Right, right, and we talked about him a little while before too, and mm-hmm. that's a different aspect. I, yeah. I when it first came out, I was like. You know, um, it didn't catch me right away, but I know some fans. It's he's got a cult following. Yeah, he's a good character. Right? I just couldn't get into it. Yeah, yeah, and he he hits from a different perspective, right? So I think Dark Hawk, you know, as you put it, already there's already a lot of characters in the Marvel universe. It's mm-hmm. um, and there's always gonna be more coming. That's for sure, which is nice because yeah. sometimes everyone's gonna find who they resonate with, and, and and it sticks with them. And I think that's beautiful as how the genre is. It always should be something new, right? Because you never know. Exactly. A little bit different. Some things, there's similarities, as you put it. There's always the young guys doing it. It's aiming at that market. But then, as you put it, he starts on Earth, and he ends up in the outer space, the cosmic. So what mm-hmm. was, is there any storyline that you liked when he, you know, on his journey from, let's say, Earth to outer space that stand out for you? Oh, well, it's when we find out a lot more about what the suit is in when we're in space. Now, we find out a lot early, fairly early on. I mean, he had a four-year run. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we find out it's not a suit. Right. And then we find out he's switching places with an android body. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's got his consciousness and an android body. But we still got a lot of different things like trying to figure this out. And you, and you get one story, but then later on, and this is where it's 
I'm trying to think of the uh, the storyline's name, but um, basically he goes into space during the annihilation, right? Storyline, and we find out that those suits are a brotherhood of something called the Raptors, which are actually assassins. <laughs> But because he's a human and these are not designed to merge with a human, he overrides the raptor's consciousness, which is called Razor. And that's why he can control the android body. And yeah. that's was my that was where I got into it. It's like, damn, they are doing a lot now with him. He's they're gonna put him on a level with Quasar, with um, Captain Marvel. Yes, absolutely. And yeah, and then he disappears. Right, and he and I said he floats around with I said different things. I think at one point I remember he was working at the vault as a security officer. Yeah, head of security. Uh, head uh, of security. No, it was Project Pe- Project Pegasus. Pegasus. There we go. Yes. And I swear, if you put everybody who was a security officer in Project Pegasus, you got yourself a whole team of. Of wannabe <laughs> Avengers, <laughs> absolutely. And I think that's you know, and that's a storyline they never explored, right? Like, okay, well, what happens to some of these people at Project Pegasus? Maybe they do get together. They, maybe they do deal with things that we don't even know about. Like, that's a whole storyline written to happen, and mm-hmm. it'd be yeah. a great segue. So you're right. We find out later on that he he swaps minds with an android body. So very much like you said, like Captain Marvel, right? When especially when uh, um, Jones, uh, Rick Jones, Rick Jones, Jones yeah. merge with them with the 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 the, the, the bands. He would swap places with Marvel. He he didn't change into Marvel, mm-hmm. and then you realize like, oh wow, you know. So you're sw- switching places with this android body. Your conscience is still there, and then they they attach it to the to the null, which is pretty much that same place where Venom comes from. Yeah. Okay, how is these storylines not being written right now? Because. It really was a nice progression of where this character was going, how he started off, and getting there. And he was there for the big events. Like, when Glamis mm-hmm. shows up, he was there. Uh, the Annihilation War, he, he was there, you know, along with Nova and Star-Lord. Star-Lord, man, he's yeah, there. The, that was the beginning of the Guardians, the, the newer Guardians of the Galaxy. As opposed exactly. to the OG Guardians. Right, 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 right. right. I, <laughs> trust me, I'm, I'm with the... Oh, yes. Uh, so... He's there with that. And then once again, he's there with almost, as you put it, the formation of the new Guardians of the Galaxy. But he's not a Guardian of the Galaxy. Nope. Like, he's almost kind of, yeah, no, I'm good. Like, he, you know, and, and I don't say this is a bad way, but it's fun that you see him. Like, he's there with everybody. Everybody likes him, but he doesn't join everybody. Always on the periphery. Right. No. Right. I think he could have so, so have storyline which really would have clipsed a lot because the fact that everybody likes him, think of this way another crisis comes up he's the one that's gotta deal with it and all he has to do is say show his face, make some connections people would show up to help him because of what he's done in the past he would get a bulk of the Avengers the Guardians of the Galaxy Um, he would get the Inhumans with him there to a certain degree, he would get the New Warriors, like these are some heavy hitters 
in a lot of these organizations that would show up and say, but Dark Hawk needs us. He was there for us. Oh, yeah, he used to hang with us. He would, he would, he would even get the Imperial Guard. Yeah. Yes. Because he ends up saving Melendra from Melendra. the Raptors. You've got the Shi'ar behind you, the, the most dominant race in the Marvel Universe, you know, in, in the yeah. cosmos. He's got backing. Yeah. He's and that's almost like that. Yeah. And that's something we also find out about. Why do these android bodies look like birds? Mm-hmm. Well, they were imprint. They are imprinted. The null, the null seeds are imprinted by what they first experienced, and it turns out they were imprinted by the Shi'ar race, so they look like birds, and they were imprinted by the scrolls, which is why they can adapt and change their form. So much meat on this bone. Okay. Yeah. All right. Dark Hog could be a Silver Surfer level character. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. I, and that's that's what I was hoping to get from how they made his story progress, even in other people's books, even after his run was done in other people's books and how they every time you saw him, he was going up a different level and not bad for a guy who, you know, to be man of the house, step up and, and do a lot of juggling. And there's a lot of emotional things that would really, you know, emphasize that character. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about a lot. We're going to get down to the vault of it. This is, this is what I love. If you had to adapt Darkhawk in any media, Larry, how would you like to see this played out? Be it if it's animated to movies, live action, whatever. How would you like to see it adapted first and foremost? Yeah. Oh, boy. Keep it in mind of what we know of how he starts and where he ends up and possibly yeah. of beyond. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing. It's going to be a money issue. Right. Yeah. Cause, um, you're going to have, you're going to have to have the blue beetle type CGI in it. You're going to have mm-hmm. to have actual costumes that have the talon, the wings, all of that and make it look good. I don't know. Um, I would love, but because you have so much story, you yeah. need, you're going to need, you're going to need a, the time of a TV series, but the budget of a big blockbuster. So the only way you're going to be able to do it, I'm going to say is an animated cartoon. A okay. weekly animated yep. cartoon. That's the only way okay. you're going to do it, be able to. So. So that's all you would see. It's a weekly. Okay, so we're gonna get back to your fan cast after, but you got it as a cartoon. So, Rod, what what what's your take on this? Well, Larry just basically brought in similar, you know, points. I mean, the budget's gonna be. You need money for all the interaction, having the ability to make that suit come to life, the claw off the, you know, the arm, the wings, having that ability. Like we've seen. We've seen shows where they actually have, you know, live adaptation. And it's been good. But we know this character needs more. So I will go with I will go with uh animated as well. It has to be cartoon. To be able to get the full the full the full fledge of it. Um right. be able to switch back and forth, like you're saying, he's an Android from different null space. However, whatever storyline they go to, they're gonna need a budget for it. And 
it has it has to me it has to be animated okay so all right so two for animation so i i i hear what you're both saying and my point is this so sometimes animated stuff can actually could be more expensive than maybe a live action treatment and then i'm looking at what some of the studios have done so can it be a traditional tv show absolutely no can it maybe go live uh, I think yes, and I, and I I'll say this, but it has to be one of the streaming services. So I'm looking at Amazon Prime because I'm seeing what they did with the Lord of the Rings series, um, you know, okay. or Disney Plus. Disney Plus has got you know a decent budget even for their streaming services, like what they did for Loki, you know, um, the, uh, sorry, Winter Soldier and uh, Falcon, oh. you know. So there's a budget there, and I think it can happen. With the advance of certain things and technology, it makes things a little bit cheaper to do in-house. We might not give it to the level we want it to, but I think a live-action treatment can happen. And and I'll even go as far as saying this. Because of how this book is written and, and how, you know, uh, the writing of, um, oh, my God, uh, Falco, Tom Falco, how he did the writing of it. I, and I think I have, from how I interpret it, I want to go with a series but on Disney Plus, live action. But here's my twist. I would get like the director or one of the people that worked on Law and Order. Not Dick Wolf himself. He only produces it. But I would get one of the people from Law and Order to write it to get the police and lawyer aspect, you know, with a little bit more from a teenage uh, teenager's view into that. That that would be my feel of it. Right, but limited series. So what I mean is, like, you're not going to have like you know 26 episodes. It's going to be an hour episode, and it's going to be maybe like the first 12 issues. Get the what really the significant part of that. Make it smooth, and let's go with that. Because then you'll get some good character building with the mom, the dad, the two brothers. Why they're always fighting? There's going to be a reason behind that, and it's still throwing the origin story for like a season one aspect. And you can mention, of course, you're going to be in New York. You might not see Spider-Man, but there's nothing wrong with him showing up to the scene. And then you see someone jumping out of frame and from the waist down there in a Spider-Man costume. So you can say, oh, there goes Spider-Man. Oh, he didn't see me. And you see him kind of see Johnny swinging away, right? Uh, I think that's the deal of Dark Hawk is that you see all the other characters and him as a fanboy in this universe of like you're meeting your high idols. You're meeting heroes you've read about, you've seen on TV. It's like, there's the Baxter building. Oh, well, I'm going to keep on going down the street, walking to my part-time job. You know? Oh, there's an explosion. Or you see Rebel. Oh, reconstruction. Oh, yeah, look, there's Stark Industries in front of uh, that building, the Hellfire Club. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's where all the, the high, you know, just putting those Easter eggs in there, I think would be interesting. So I would go live action, stream it, give me the feel of a Law & Order series. Okay. You know? That's how I feel about it, right? And then, you know, give me, give me easy three, four seasons. Season one, origin, establishing it. Season two, all right, him now get, kind of getting wings underneath there. Season three, well, we're taking him in now, you know, outer space kind of thing. Or even if you want, do a little – season three could be him working at the Pegasus Project. We've never had the Pegasus Project make an appearance. Right. You can have – a door or a cell saying certain villains names that are in there without even having to show them. Yeah. You know, if you walk by and you say, uh, you know, holding, uh, uh, you know, uh, the abomination, everyone's going to say, Oh, oh, here we go. Let's see it. Let's see it. Right. 
and you can bring in maybe some of the lesser people, even out of the costume, who worked there or mentioned them. So you can talk about Quasar. You can. So I think that's the gateway to go about it. Now, do I want to see them? Sure. Why understanding constraints of budget? We're not going to see them. So, but right. if you give me Easter eggs, I, I could be happy. You can bring in others and let that be the segue maybe to some other spinoff series. And then last season, outer space. Give him, take him right there. And let's. We've never seen the Shi'ar. We've never seen the Shi'ar live action. Right? Doesn't have to be on their planet. <laughs> Starjammers, Shar, it, it would all, you know, bring in Groot as a guest appearance. People love that. So that's my feel on that. Okay. okay. Not like I gave it much thought. No, not <laughs> far from it. Far from it at all. Yeah. I just see it better as an invincible type, personally. Okay. Series. Yeah. Right. Right. If it's got to be a cartoon, it's got to be that level, though, of invincible. Oh, I, yeah. It has to be a pure adult. It has to be a pure yeah. adult. In yeah. That regard. Yeah. Because we need that grittiness. Because if you take away that grittiness, you're taking away the storyline. Right. 100%. 100%. Okay. All right. So two go for cartoon, one going for live action. It's okay. But we're not done yet. Because yeah. now we're going to try to fan cast this and see, you know, hey, if you all agree with us, let us know. If you got your own picks for who could play Dark Hawk, who could play Chris Powell, let us know. But we're going to start off. So, Larry, let's start with you. Who would you like to be, if you're doing animated, would be maybe your voice actor? Or who the look it's based off, you know, whoever you envision. Sky's hmm. limit, my friend. Sky's limit. Ouch, now you hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> it's your fan cast. You can cast whoever. True. Hmm. I'm gonna go with Matthew Lair for the vo- if I'm just doing voice. Wow. Wow. Matthew Laird, yes, Mr. Uh, he was in Wing Commander, Scream, um, Scooby-Doo. He played Shaggy. He played Shaggy, yeah. Okay, Scoob. Yeah, and he's underrated. Like I expect, I want to see more of him because I always found him interesting on screen. So Matthew Laird. Loved him in Hackers. Oh, yeah. In Hackers, he was great. Matthew Laird, I liked him in Wing Commander, okay? Probably one of the few people who watched Wing Commander in the theater (laughs) and would admit that openly. Yes, yes. I liked him in Wing Commander. Now, if I'm going to do live action, okay, I'm going to do one of the Sprouse brothers. Zach and Cody? Oh. Oh. Okay. Okay. But okay, okay, okay. We're going okay. deep. Larry, nice Larry's going for it. Okay, I like it. I can see it though. I can definitely see it. <laughs> wow, that oh okay, that's that's even another element because you can even bring in both depending how you write it, right? Make one look okay, yeah, all right, all right. I like this, I like this. Rod, who who would you go with your fan cast for this character, Dark Hawk? Because I mean this is awesome, man. Well, you know, I um kudos to to Larry with uh Matthew. It's interesting. I actually was going to, not was, I am I'm choosing someone for, you know, the voice and everything along that line mm-hmm. and kind of represent how he looks. KJ Appa. Ooh, nice choice. KJ Appa. AKA Archie Andrew from Riverdale. So I'm internally laughing, laughing as he says Matthew. Wait, Matthew, ain't that <laughs> you never realize, you you realize we both picked the Riverdale actor, but the, that's why I'm that's why I'm like <laughs> hilarious, hilarious. Because Jughead is my high action choice. 
You guys are killing me. Yes. You got, oh, okay. All right. All right. You guys are killing me. Man, I, uh, well, we can wrap up the show now. You don't need to hear my choice. I'm, all right. Okay. I'm going to go with this one. Uh, so I turned around. I went full live action. If I had to go live action with a certain character, um, with Chris Powell, I would see him portrayed just from his look, uh, Joe Carey mm-hmm. from uh, Stranger Things. He plays a character, Steve Harrington. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can see yeah. it. Yeah, he was also. He's like you know. He was also uh, because he played that that the Metallica song in Stranger Things. They brought him on stage, gave him a guitar, you know, and he performed with them. Nice. Yeah, I, I'm all about my Metallica. So I know, I know, I know. Okay, I know. I like all music. So yeah, that's what I'm going with. I'm going with J- uh, Joe Carey to be live action of this character. Like he and he had the look that he's young enough to kind of play a little bit younger, mm-hmm. but he won't overly age. He ain't gonna age like fifty years in, in you know. So by the time he would do the series, <laughs> if he started it right now, he would still end up being a grown man near the end of this series. And you would see that growth there. They wouldn't have to uh you know CGI his face or nothing like that. That's right. That's who I'm going with. He's got one of those faces that can look young and it look a little bit older and mature as time yeah. goes on, a little bit weather beaten. So that's who I'm going with with Dark Hawk, Chris Powell. Awesome. <laughs> Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm still in the running. Still in the running. <laughs> <laughs> so and I'll ask you this because I know usually we don't do this, Larry, but I'm going to say, is there one particular part of the story you would like to really see emphasized in the cartoon? Like, if you had to say, okay, it's going to be for yourself, you want to animate it, which storyline would you want to see? Would you want to see the beginning of his journey, middle of his journey, uh, where he's mm-hmm. more confident with his powers or would you like to see the the annihilation uh storyline really play out annihilation all right (laughs) without hesitation what would yourself rod i would like to see i would like to see the the beginning and middle i would like to see Mm. definitely you know starting up and and seeing the the coons and qualms of how to how to adapt yeah. Because sometimes, you know, like you said, Spider-Man live and even cartoon, you know, they show a little bit of it, but they don't get deep into it. So I would like to see a more in-depth realization of, you know, how a character is. And then when he gets more comfortable, we can seg off, segue off there and then go into, uh, you know, part three, the Larry edition. And then we're good from there. <laughs> hey, and I'm going to say this. Uh, as much as I like the origin story, I would love to see him working at... Uh, Project Pegasus, Pegasus. That's for sure. It's just the possible segues, Easter eggs that could come in there. It's going to blow my mind. And then, of course, you've got to take him into uh, annihilation for, for sure. Absolutely. No no question about that. Awesome. Well, gentlemen, we've come mm. to the end of our show. Larry, thank you so much for joining us here on the Iconist Podcast. Thanks for having me. Anytime, man. Door is open. Looking forward to have you back. If you ain't had a good time, we're going to definitely have you back, Larry. We really appreciate it. You might get me every month, then. <laughs> Touche, sir. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. There's right. a lot. There's a lot of characters to talk about. Yeah. And I've got a lot of time. <laughs> well, maybe not a lot right. of time, but to talk about this, I will find the time. You understand that? Okay. Yeah. Even if I got to come oh, from yeah. the Great Beyond and Zach from Ghost <laughs> Adventures has to find me, I will be here to talk about this. All right. Cool. Rod, any last words? 
Uh, you know what? Everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. We got some good tidbits, some good knowledge on Darkhawk. Listen, I know I had fun. Everyone seemed to have fun. Let us know how you guys felt in the comments below. Just let us know. That's it. That's it. Wow. All right, cool. Well, thank you everyone yeah. for tuning in. Remember, like, subscribe, and and and, and let's just know how we're doing. And if you know, don't let this this week be your second favorite podcast. We're okay with being your second favorite. At least have yeah, a favorite problem, list. We're good with okay. that. And as I always like to say, um, we're this whole world two. started. We're number two. We're number, number two. We're yeah, number, number two. two. Not going number two. Two different things, no. right? We're okay. number two. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Larry. Did I say it out loud? Apologize. <laughs> This whole world was started by a pencil, a piece of paper, and lots of imagination. Bond dreaming. Do I got a jewel on me? Because I don't know if I was in the dark pocket. I mean, it might clash with what I'm wearing. All right. Yeah. All right.